first of all, good morning. I'm so excited to be here. I have so much energy this morning, and it's not like I drink a ton of coffee, like I had one cup, but for whatever reason, I have been like out of control this morning. So get excited, buckle up. You're all in for a little adventure, I think, because got a lot of energy. But um, all right, well, <clears throat> I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be with you guys. I actually, this is the first time I've gotten to speak in high school. So kind of a big day, kind of stoked about it. Um, you'll probably hear me a lot more, so enjoy it while it's like fresh and new. Um, so this morning, we get to kind of talk about God's will over our life. And if you're anything like me, then maybe you have like this extensive plan and like you know where you're going to go to college, you know your roommate, you know what you're going to do, you know where you're going to work, you know like where you're going to live, how many kids you're going to have, if you're going to get married, like all these things. That's what I used to think that I knew, which like just don't plan things. Like plan, but also like be really loose with it because God's will is so different than usually anything that we have planned. And it's honestly so much better. So that's what we get to talk about this morning. And, um, yeah, we're going to, it's Easter Sunday next week, if you didn't know. Quick little announcement as well. We will be in the main services, so we have a Saturday night service, and then a 7.30, none of you will be there, Eight or 9.30 and 11.30. So, come join us in Easter, but this morning we get to kind of do a pre-Easter service, talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, which is a really hard word to spell and say. And so, um, we're just going to jump in and read a passage, and then we're going to chat about it. So, if you could put up, oh, the message title is God's Will Over Ours. And if you guys don't have a Bible, then there are probably a couple people back there that can hand, Jillian, look at sweet Jillian. Yeah, give it up for Jillian. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Um, You're going to need one because we're reading out of the Bible. So, um, this morning, turn to Mark, Mark chapter 14. And, um, yeah, as you get there, we're going to passage 32. It'll probably say, like, Jesus prays in the garden or Garden of Gethsemane or something. This morning I'm reading out of the Passion Version. Quick thing about the Passion Translation. Um, If you find it, like, difficult to understand what the heck is going on in the Bible, I would really suggest getting this version. I would also suggest having another version alongside of it because it is only the New Testament and a couple other chapters, so that's not the only thing that is the Bible. But for the New Testament, it's really good, and it's really, like, passionate, <laughs> to say the least. And it's, like, it's just fun to read, and it brings to life a little bit more of maybe the verses or stories that you've heard a hundred times. So anyway, a little plug for the passion. Um, so we're going to read this morning, uh, starting in 32. So... Oh, it's right there for you. Amazing. Um, then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard or, yeah, orchard called the oil press or Garden of Gethsemane. He told them, sit here while I pray a while. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. An intense feeling of great horror plunged, in, plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed with angst and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch With me. He walked a short distance away, and being overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, he would not have to experience this hour of suffering. He prayed, 
Abba, my father, all things are possible for you. Please don't allow me to drink this cup of suffering. Yet, what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Let's pray really quick. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would be here this morning. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing um, in each and every student and leader that's in this room. God, I pray that you would just, um, yeah, give us ears to listen to this message and let it speak to us whatever you are calling us to, whether that's the whole message or just a piece that pops out to us, whatever it is, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be here this morning and that you would speak through me this morning. In your name, amen. So to kind of just talk about what is going on right now. This is the night before um, Jesus is crucified on the cross. So he is going, um, he went down to this little garden of Gethsemane, which is at the bottom of um, the oil, the Mount of Olives. And pretty much it's like this little garden that's like his little place to retreat. So it's said, they think, that he went here often. So this wasn't just like, oh, the first time he's been here. Like, this is a space that he has to um, retreat to and be and, like, just sit in. Um, if you don't have a space like this, you should get one because it's so helpful to have just, like, when the world is chaotic and whatever is going on to have that space. When my room is clean, that's my room. It's not always clean. It's where I've seen it. I've kind of seen it. It gets a little wild. But most of the time... I'd, like, turn on my little lights that are kind of like these ones around my room and light a candle and drink some tea and, like, you know, pretend I have my whole life together. And then the Lord speaks to me and is like, yeah, you don't. But here we go. So that's pretty much, like, just a little scope into my daily life. Um, so anyway, he's going into this garden to retreat. And it's interesting because he's walking with all of his disciples, and then he asks just three of them to walk into the garden with him. And... Um, <clears throat> Those three, he asked to stay alert and be on guard while he goes and prays. Um, we'll get to the message or to the rest of the sermon where they end up not fully being alert. They actually end up falling asleep a couple times. And um, I just think it's such a cool moment of not them falling asleep, but of Jesus wanting to go away into this space and then being so honest and so fully man and admitting that right now in this moment, it's hard. And I think sometimes we think about him going to the cross or the night before or his preparation and think, oh, he knew like he was going to rise from the dead. He was going to be raised from the dead three days later. Like he was probably like, oh, it's fine. Like just wait till they see what's going to happen. But really, he was in so much pain thinking about leaving, thinking about um, just the fact that he would be persecuted and he would just, yeah, pretty much be crucified by his people. Like, that brought him so much agony and brought him so much grief. And so he was honest in this moment, um, which brings me to my first point, which is, um, if you have the first point, it's God's will calls us to be vulnerable. Um, vulnerability is something really I'm learning right now and it's kind of scary, but it's great. Um, Jesus was so vulnerable in this passage. It says that he threw himself face down after saying, my heart is overwhelmed with angst and crushed with grief. Um, the fact that Jesus could be real and admit that he, Jesus, the son of God was overwhelmed in this moment 
and we can't admit when we are overwhelmed, like, I don't know, I think we should just, well, with most things in life, learn from Jesus. But the fact that he admitted, like, no, this is a lot. Like, I'm feeling this a lot. And we are called to do the same thing. And he specifically brought those three friends with him because he knew he would need support. He knew he would need those three people. He could have done it on his own and thought, I don't want anyone to see that I am weak. I don't want anyone to see that I can't handle this, even though he knew that it was God's will. Like he said, let his will be done. But he asked for three friends to come along for support. Um, How quick are we to think, wow, why? Like, come on. No one is helping me or checking in with me. But if we tell our closest friends that we're doing well, they're probably going to think we're doing well. Like, I'm going to say that again. So if you say, like, you're doing well, then what are people going to think? You're doing well. Like, why would they think, oh, Cassandra's probably lying. Like, she's not doing well. Like, clearly she has a lot on her plate. But if, if my close friends check in with me and, like, have taken the time to be like, yes, like, how are you doing? And I have friends where I can honestly say, like, not just the answer, like, oh, I'm good. Because, like, who's ever just, like, good? Like, I feel like you're either, like, you're doing really well or, like, you're not doing well. So I don't, I don't know who's just, like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Like, that doesn't sound fun. But <laughs> that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. So, yeah, so talking about hard things, because Jesus knew the future. He knew what would happen, but he was able to sit and be like, this is really difficult, and be vulnerable with the people he was around. And it's so important um, that you are vulnerable and not shut down, because as soon as you shut down, those things just, like, when someone is shut down, I don't usually, (laughs) I'm not usually like, oh, that's the person I want to talk to, like, someone who doesn't want to share their feelings, doesn't want to open up. Like, when you're able to be vulnerable with the people around you, then they're able to, you're able to grow from it, and so are they. Um, so, of course, because I've been learning about this, and Jesus has been grace, graciously teaching me, um, I have a story for you that's not even that old, so that's amazing. Um, recently, I was, was, about a month ago, just, you know, going downstairs, getting a snack, trying to get back to work, the sweetest Carissa comes in. A little backstory about Carissa. She knows, um, like, everything before I tell it to her. <laughs> so, like, she just, I think the Holy Spirit just, like, tells her everything that's going on in my life. And then she's like, Cassandra, and asks me a question like she doesn't know when she does. So a little backstory about that. So that moment is happening, and she's, like, just checking in, like, hey, how are you? Like, how are you doing with everything? I'm like, good. In my head, I'm thinking, I'm busy. I'm going to, like just trying to come in for a quick snack and get back to work because I have a lot of things to get done. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, she's like, oh, are you feeling like, like a weight or like overwhelmed? And I'm like, not real, like not really. I'm feeling pretty good. Gonna go back in my head, like gonna go back to work. And then she starts to like, I don't even know what question she asked next, but the Holy Spirit goes, you can be honest right now. Like, in this space, you can be honest with how you're actually doing. And in that moment, I, like, started to open up and then just started to weep a little bit. And then <laughs> Kayla came into the room, 
We chatted. Deb came into the room. We're now sitting on the floor downstairs just having cabin time. You guys wonder what we do at work. That's what we do. So it's great. Um, and then Jeff came in as well. It was like a whole little team situation. But if I would not have chosen to be vulnerable, that would have never happened. And let me tell you, I'm not going to get into specifics of that conversation, but a lot of growth happened from that. I was able to admit I can't do it alone, which honestly, my team already knew. I think they were just waiting for me to say it. So they're the best. But um, if I didn't choose that, then it would have, I could have easily just been like, yeah, like I'm doing pretty good and continued on with our day. Carissa probably would have known, but would have like left it. And then um, it would have gone on. But the Lord had a plan for me to be open and honest and say like, no, I'm like not doing, like I'm, I'm doing okay, but like I need some help. And like, there's these lies that are happening. And I've talked about this before in junior high, but when you let those things just like swirl in your head, even if it's small, even if you're like, this isn't that big of a deal. Like my friend, her parents are going through a divorce or she just lost a grandparent or they have this going on. Like my little stress about school is not a big deal, but let me tell you, that will grow into other things and you will start to continue to press things down and not think they're important and not ask for help. But Jesus does not call us to do that. He calls us to bring in those three friends or more or just one close friend, whatever it is in your life, he calls us to bring them in and be vulnerable with them. Um, He didn't pretend he had it all together. And if you don't have those three close friends or two or whatever it is, I would really challenge you to either think of three people that you want in your corner or ask the Lord for those three people. Because he's so willing to give them to us. He's, he wants us to be surrounded by his people. And let me tell you, when you ask, he delivers. Like, he will... I could just go on about my friends. Some of them are here. They're amazing. They know who they are. But I could go on and on. But when you ask, he wants that support for you as well. He's not like, oh, no, Cassandra, like, good luck. You got it on your own. Like, I made you strong. You can do it. Like, that is not Jesus at all. He's like, oh, yeah, here's these people. Oh, here's a couple more. Oh, here, you can have a whole crowd of people, like, around you, because why not? You asked for it. So I would just challenge you to, yeah, ask the Lord for that, if that's something that you really feel you need. And also be really selective of those three people that you let into that space. Um, Because let me tell you, not all of the people you're surrounding or are surrounding you are going to be able to have have a seat at that table with you. They're not all going to be speaking life in you. They're not all going to understand where you're coming from, especially if they don't follow Jesus. And that's not saying you can't have friends that don't follow Jesus, but your core people that you go to and talk to about deep, hard things or fun things, like they need to be people who will continually point you to Jesus. Um, And with that, you'll be able to be more vulnerable because you'll understand that like, you're on the same team, and they'll continue to support you in that. So our second point is, let me get a quick drink of water. God's will is not the easy way, but it is the fruitful way. Um, Verse 36, if you guys still have your Bibles open. um, Also keep them open because we'll be, you know, going back to the Word of God because that's really what all we should be talking about. So, yeah. Um, verse 36 is, um, he prayed, Abba, my father, all things are possible for you. 
Please don't allow me to drink this cup of suffering. Yet, what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Jesus literally asks if God can take it away, if he can have a different plan, if somehow we can change where we're at the night before this huge thing's going to happen and do it a different way. He asks the Lord, he says, this is hard. Like, can you take it? Can we do it something different? Like, can I not have to wake up and do all of this tomorrow? But then he follows it up with, but I know my, for my only desire is to fulfill your desire or fulfill your plan for me. Um, this line is really important, and obviously many scholars have looked into it, and many people have taught on it. But what I think is so important is that he even said that first part of, could you take it? Because honestly, Jesus could have felt the pain, but he could have just said, your will be done. But he didn't. He admitted, this is hard. Right now is hard. Like, God, it's overwhelming me. Is there another plan? And he knew there wasn't, but I think he kind of just like wanted to be 100% honest and for us to see an example of what that looks like. For when we're in those times and it's hard and we know, deep down we know, God's will is so good. But it's okay to admit when things are hard. It's okay to admit when things are overwhelming. And even... (laughs) You can even ask for another plan because maybe he has a different plan or maybe you'll continue to walk in that plan like Jesus did. But the the fact is, the point is, is that he wants us to be honest and he, he wants us to know that he's there for us and that he's in it in the really, really, really hard times. Um, I was, as I was preparing last night, which is a whole other story, I was like, so hyped all of a sudden. Like, I was really, really dead, and then I was, like, hyped and, like, in my kitchen, like, jumping around. I literally was doing jumping jacks because my tea was being made. It's out of control, but it's fine. Um, so, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, and I'm, I thought of, like, I'm sure there's a really good movie or, like, analogy that someone's already thought of, of this view, but I just have a really simple view of the idea of when someone is, like, in a plane or helicopter and can see, like, the huge view of where you're at. And if someone is in a plane or helicopter and tells you that, like, miles away, some danger is coming. Also, I couldn't think of any danger. Like, just a pack of horses. But why is that dangerous? I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. So whatever the danger is, probably not horses, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) So if they see something coming or see something about to happen... And they tell you, like, hey, that's coming. And we go, oh, I can't see that. So why? That's, that's irrelevant to me. Like, that would be crazy if we just disregarded. If someone has a better point of view than us, then we should be listening to that point of view. Like, that just doesn't make any sense for us to just disregard. And Jesus, God is the same way. Like, God has this will and plan, and I wish that I could... Me saying that he has a plan and will and a, and a plan over your life, like, doesn't even fully communicate how important that is. Like, I can't even tell you just from my experience or people I've walked alongside, because you won't fully understand it until you walk in it. 
It won't fully make sense until you're in that plan, until you fully see the Lord go, no, I have this instead. You thought this was amazing, but this is actually what I have planned for you. And this is where I want you to walk. And maybe those things are things like you're scared of. Me on this stage, (laughs) not something I would have asked for, not something I would have planned. And even when I was in those seats, when I was in high school, I definitely was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, Everyone on stage, love them, huge fan. I would never do that. Like, just don't say never, honestly. That's like my one piece of advice. Because when you say never, Jesus is like, oh, here, now you're doing it. Um, But yeah, that's just like a, I wasn't even planning on saying that. But like a small example of when when God has a plan for you, you're going to walk in it. Or you're going to walk in something that's not the plan. And you're not going to have any fruit from it. It's going to seem super temporary and maybe you'll glean some things that'll be amazing but the other side of what his plan is is so much better and his view is so much better um yeah so going into um my third point god's will does not ask us to be perfect um 37 verse 37 it says Then he came back to his three disciples and found them all sound asleep. He awakened Peter and said to him, Simon, are you asleep? Which he is. (laughs) Do you lack the strength to stay awake with me for just an hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from the time of testing. For your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is feeble. Um, I'm not going to (laughs) read... I love his Mary McKenna at the same time. Um, I'm not going to read the rest, but essentially, he asked them to just simply stay awake. He's not asking them to fight battles. He's not asking them to, like, do anything crazy. He's literally asking them to stay awake. And Jesus comes back a second time, and they're asleep again. He comes back. He asks them again, stay awake. Like, I've asked you to do one thing, to just not fall asleep. And he comes back a third time, and they fall asleep again. They fell asleep three times in a row. Like, Jesus is asking you to just not sleep. And three, and I think if I was in that situation, I would be like, hey, guys, like, we need to stay awake. Like, whatever it takes, if we're, like, running around, like, whatever it is, the three of us, we have got to stay awake. But instead, they, like, all were just like, nah, we'll fall asleep again. Like, no one called each other out. No one was like, hey, guys, John, Peter, whatever, like, stay awake, do something, like, talk to me, whatever it is. Like, they were just like, oh, no, sleep, like, hmm, don't care, tired, sleep. So, first of all, I'm like, what in the world were they doing? But that's okay, because Jesus um, did not take it personally. Also, this was the night before Jesus was going to be killed, and he brought his three closest friends with him and asked them to stay awake, and they couldn't because their flesh says was feeble or fleeting or failing and um he knew even that their spirit was hungry he says it in there but that sorry i'm gonna take another drink so much pressure when you're drinking water on stage um anyway but he knew that their spirits wanted to be there and wanted to be with Jesus, and he knew they were eager, but he knew that our flesh 
is so weak. And then no matter how eager our spirits are, our flesh will fail. We cannot be perfect. No matter how much we think we have it together or want to have it together, we are not perfect in any way. Um, this is also something that I have tried for a while to do is to have it all together. And, um, yeah, it just, it's so interesting because I think for so long, I just thought that I had such a good, like foundation of my life. So I must be called to like, continue to walk in that and not fail and not ask for help and not admit that I couldn't do something because I also thought if I admitted that I couldn't do something or something was too much for me, I not only would be viewed as weak, but I wouldn't be trusted with what was given to me again. That I thought that I had this lie that Jesus, if he gave me something big to walk in, if he gave me some huge calling and I failed or said, this is too much, then he would be like, oh, well, Cassandra can't handle that. So I guess we won't give her that again because it's obviously too big for her. So um, let's go with a smaller scale and we'll just, we'll just stay down there. Jesus doesn't do that. He's like, oh, here's this opportunity. I invite you to walk in it. If it's too much, ask me for help. If you are feeling overwhelmed, ask me for help. Don't try and do, and there's so many things that tell us like, we can't admit that we're failing. We can't admit that we're not perfect. But Jesus himself said, ask for help. I know that your flesh will fail. I know that your flesh is fleeting, but your spirit is eager. And that's what we have to, um, that's what we have to just rely on is that he knows. He knows so much more than we do. Um, this week, Pastor Shane, who some of you guys got to meet in L.A., if you haven't met him, he's the most extra. He's amazing. That's not a part of the point at all. But... Um, this week, he said something that um, flipped my view of this topic. He said, I don't know if this is an exact quote, but close enough. Um, God doesn't have this huge standard or even expectation for us, but he simply has opportunities for us to walk into. He's simply inviting us into this walk with him. He's not saying, here's the bar. If you don't meet it, then don't try again. And also, you failed. He's saying, here are all these opportunities I have for you. Here's this team I want you to join. Here's this club I want you to lead. Here's this family that I want you to be, be able to babysit and be a light for. Here's these different things in your life that I am calling you to do. And there are opportunities to walk alongside of me in that. Um, he knows that we cannot do it on our own. And um, yeah, some of you may be thinking that like, you're too far into your own will. Like, honestly, I'm too far down this track. I don't think I could, like, raise my hand and say that I, that I need help. But let me tell you something this morning, if you've never heard it before, you're not too far in it. Jesus is just waiting to be invited into your journey and into your plan and into your daily life. Even if, it, if you don't think, like, oh, well, I don't have, like, these huge plans that I'm trying, like, I'm just starting high school and try to, <laughs> trying to stay alive in high school. Jesus wants to be in that. He wants to be in that daily walk with you. He wants you to know that his will is so much better, that he has such a better and more prepared plan than we do. And even when it's, it seems mundane, he loves to be there. He loves to be in the daily 
things that we go through. And even, um, yeah, just things that might seem overwhelming or like you couldn't ask for help at this point. He's so ready at any point to just come alongside of you and, um, yeah, to just be in it with you. And I know asking for something like this seems overwhelming, um, even praying for something like this for him to come in. That's why, like, we're here. You have leaders across this room that are here for you. And we're not experts. We're not, like, perfect by any mean. But we've done it and we've failed. And so you can learn from our failures. You'll probably make a couple of your own. And that's okay, too. As long as you're able to learn from those and walk with Jesus closer in that. Um, So this morning, I just want to invite up the worship team. Um, Yeah, this morning we just get an opportunity as we have been just reflecting before Easter next week um, to just do communion again. And um, with that, if you maybe you've done communion or maybe you just have done it a couple times and don't actually know what it means or what you're doing. So this morning we're just going to get the opportunity to go in the back um, or right here. And they're gluten-free, so that's fun. Um, But you're going to take a cracker and dip it into the juice. And what this represents is after the story of Jesus in the garden, he goes um, to be crucified the next day. And this that we get to do is in remembrance. It's not not something that we... um, yeah, need to take lightly. I think it's something that's so important and something that we were even called to do to remember Jesus by. And so this morning, um, I'll release you guys and you'll be able to go get a cracker and the juice and, um, yeah, just be able to sit and with gratitude of remembering what Jesus did for us. And then after that, Deb will lead us into um, kind of a song, and I would, a song of worship, and I would challenge you, if you've never heard it, um, to just listen and let the words kind of, yeah, just sink in, in your heart and in your soul. And um, yeah, we're not in a rush this morning, so go ahead and just feel um, peace and freedom to go ahead and get up and